This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum. And it's live. Much obliged, Martin. Uh, doesn't get any less daft every time you do it. <laughs> anyway, we're also delighted to be joined this morning by, uh, he's formerly a football heaven around these parts and Radio Humberside quite recently, but he's now at Look North and Rob Staten is with us this morning. Morning, Rob. Good morning. Great nice to, to be have here, you with us. Yeah, thank, you for, thank you for coming in, Rob. No Indeed, problem. on this Friday morning. It is great to have you with us and we will chat to you throughout the programme as always. It's Football Forum here on Shoe Radio, first show of 2020 and obviously as our special guest this morning, Rob Staten, we are going to spend about 10-15 minutes having a chat to him about the be-all and end-all that is uh, that is football and broadcasting. And obviously, Rob, we all know you from uh, from the parts for doing Football Heaven Radio Sheffield for, for many years. Um, we'll, we'll start, obviously, with, with any memorable games because the one that sticks in my mind that I remember your commentary was because you were involved in the commentary of Sheffield United against Hull at Wembley, and you were the man that gave the words when Jose Baxter scored that first goal. Yeah, I, that was a great. <clears throat> I think what I remember actually, what I remember most about that uh, run was the game before, which was the Charlton game at, mm. at Bramall Lane, and I was doing a pitch side report, and I can remember going on the pitch um, afterwards, and Michael Doyle was there, and I can remember interviewing Michael Doyle on the pitch. And he was, you know, he was celebrating and he was happy. Obviously, Sheffield United had got to Wembley and it was, it was a great achievement. Um, but then sort of asking about it, he, he got very emotional. He started mm. crying during the interview. And it, was, it just really struck me, really, because this was a guy that I think had had a bit of, bit of grief during his time. Mm. You know, as is often the case, the team wasn't... It's been in League One for far too long. Anybody who'd been there for any length of time was going to get a bit of grief and a bit of stick. And I think that sort of him, for him, he was so desperate to get Sheffield United back into the championship and have some success. And getting them to Wembley was almost like, OK, we've, we've done something. I've come here to try and achieve something and I've done it and I've got there. And then the whole game, you know, I remember thinking at half time, Sheffield United, they could, they could win this. Mm. You know, they're going to win. They're going to win this game, and then it was you know fair play to Steve Bruce and Sheffield and Hull City, turned it around in the second half. Completely different game, mm-hmm. wasn't it? But um, there was definitely a point at half time. I remember saying to Paul, I think we were sort of like, they're going to do it. They're going to get to the FA Cup final, <laughs> you know, a League One team, um, which was incredible. I think the, the most I'm trying to think of memorable games. I think uh, one that uh, we talk about a lot. Uh, there was you know me and Jonathan Buckham were there. Uh, was the the Swindon playoff game? <sighs> Five, what a five, stupid five, game that was! Uh, it just, you know, it's, it's, it was a stupid game, but it was just you, you kind of couldn't take your eyes off it. I mean, I've never <laughs> yeah. done a five-five before. For it to be five-five is ridiculous. If they'd have played for another five more minutes, Sheffield United probably would have scored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember after the game, Jonathan had to interview Nigel Clough and ask him whether he was going to lose his job, which was uh, I remember that actually, interesting. <laughs> which was the I think the moment that Jonathan arrived uh, <laughs> because it was it was a great interview um, and a great you know like, there's more. Is there a more intimidating person to ask about their job than a cloth? <laughs> Probably. You not. know, are you no. going to lose your job? <laughs> yeah. um, so that was a, that was a great uh, a great one there. Um, look, there was. I think it was always good to see the teams beat Leeds as well. I think it was one of the things about um, Leeds, and you know, we don't want to give them too much credit. But the thing is that everybody outside of Leeds likes to see Leeds beaten and I think it was exactly, one of those things where yeah. even when it was if United are beating Leeds Wednesday beating Leeds Barnsley beating Leeds Rotherham beating Leeds whoever it was kind of the rest of South Yorkshire could have a little bit of a smile exactly, at that it was like yeah. the one time where you didn't mind the you know one of the rival clubs beating Leeds so I, I was very lucky because I think 
Football Heaven and, and Radio Sheffield is sort of like an institution around here, and football is you know having worked in in other areas, football is so important around here. It's, there's, there's not I've not really come across a patch quite like this. It means so much to the people here uh, and their lives. It is like a religion really, and you, you'd think it'd be like that everywhere, but until you kind of like move away and, and go and visit different place you don't really realize that here it really is like that so it's a very special patch i was very lucky to cover uh, on radio sheffield for as long as i did see i'm not just saying this because you're sat five feet away from me but you <laughs> uh, honestly were one of my favorite football heaven presenters I have to agree because, yeah. or praise and grumble presenters because you get fans ringing up who were just talking absolute rubbish and you would call, <laughs> fully call them out every time they were talking yeah, exactly. absolute rubbish and you would not necessarily argue with fans on the line but you would you would tell them Softly, why they were wrong. <laughs> Who <laughs> you football heaven is known for having its um, usual callers. Mm. Who who was your favourite? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> I mean, there was such a, a list. I mean, I, I always liked Two One Ken. Two One uh, I mean, Ken. The fact, that, yes. the fact that there was a guy <laughs> known as Two One Ken. I mean, it's just uh, it's a very very football heaven thing. Uh, but I, you know, I actually met Two One Ken, and what a great bloke! And uh, you know, I, I always enjoyed his calls. Brian the Miller. I, I met Brian the Miller. I, I always liked Brian, and I think he's a really good guy and a massive, massive Rotherham United fan. He, he, Brian the Miller once told me a story about how he, he had sort of like several pints. You know, we're talking probably upwards of you know ten or fifteen, and, and was talking about how he drove home from a game. You know, back in the day, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm "Gonna do that now?" But uh, uh, you know, great character, Mick the Owl. I, I've met Mick the Owl. Um, Nice guy, uh, Brian the Blade. I've met Brian the Blade a few times. Well, honest uh, opinions on Brian the Blade. But I, look, I don't honest think... football and opinions on Brian the Blade. I think Brian, Brian has some out there opinions, should we say? <laughs> but what I will say is that football heaven probably wouldn't be the same without whether you, yeah. whether you love Brian or you don't yeah, like yeah. Brian. Exactly, yeah. It wouldn't be the same without him. So he's 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 sort of part of the furniture, shall we say, of, of football heaven. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out because there was just so <laughs> many. You know, Alan the Barnsley fan. I've met. I've met there's sort of like a collection of Barnsley fans who used to sit in front of the the, the press box at Oakwell, who would always turn around and have a chat. Mm. And and we're really nice guys and if I've missed anybody out I, I apologise but the, I did like the regulars uh, when I left a, a, f- a bunch of them got to, Donnie Derrick is another one I've, I've, I've met um, you know there's a bunch of them got together and and Mick said uh, not Mick Brian the Miller said do you want to come for a pint you know as soon as you're leaving and stuff like that so I said yeah because his local pub is my local pub so I went and uh, had a pint with him and when I got there there was a, a few of them you know the regular callers who'd <laughs> come as a surprise and uh, it, you know it really choked me up actually because I was thinking that is, you know it, it made you realise how important football heaven was to the region and the connection that you had and you felt like you really knew all these people mm. and you're right you know sometimes you're you know, someone says something and you kind of have to <laughs> change them a little bit. But I think yeah. that's all part of it. I mean, I used to love it when I used to come out of Hillsborough, Bramall Lane, having done Praise or Grumble. And you'd think, oh, that was a good show. And then you'd go on Twitter. And then you'd, <laughs> and then if you'd have disagreed with the, with the fan in the in not quite the way that the masses liked, yeah. uh, you'd just have a stream, like you'd have a hundred tweets. <laughs> telling you should be fired and you, you know, and all sorts of words I won't use now. Um, which was, I, I don't know, which I kind of... Is a is a good learning curve. I think. I think once you've been <laughs> called certain words several hundred times, uh, it kind of it's like when you watch a horror film for the first time. You, you know, you got, it's quite scary when you're a kid, but then you become immune to it and you can watch anything. And it's kind of like that with with Twitter as well. Thick skin. That's what you need nowadays. <laughs> um, just changing the subject slightly, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this because we didn't really touch on it that much when we were talking about Wednesday. The sort of just the season Wednesday having so far. Mm. How would you rate the job Gary Monk's doing? And 
secondly, the the uncertainty with the EFL and the points deduction, what do you make of well, that I think situation? it's a very difficult job for Gary Mont because he came in, um, I mean, let's remember what happened here, you start a, a, a pre-season with Steve Bruce, um, then he decides to move on right before the season, and then, you know, if, if Gary Monk comes in the next day and then has the time and a transfer window to, to get everything sorted then that's a bit of easier than coming in during the season and you know Lee Bullen was the manager for a while and then Gary Monk's come in so I think whatever happens this year it'd be it's I don't want to say it's a write-off because they're you know they're in touching distance of the top six but it, you know if, if they get in the top six that's a bonus now this EFL thing is hanging over the head of the club and I think you'd be really surprised given the way that this is going if there wasn't a points deduction um, issued it's kind of one of those things there's, there's no smoke without fire that's the talk you imagine the EFL are going to want to make a statement to the rest of the clubs to say you can't do this equally I don't think they want to hammer a club mm. for profit and sustain this is a bit different than Berry and um, uh, Bolton, Bolton isn't it yeah. it's a bit different than that it's a club that has broken the profit and sustainability rules but they've not necessarily run the risk of bankrupting the team mm. because yeah. it's the chairman owns the club and it's his money and stuff like that so I think that there's probably a punishment that fits that is severe enough to try and dissuade other teams from going down this route but also doesn't necessarily plunge Wednesday into certain relegation like a 30 point deduction yeah, or a 25 there's, point there's been talk of a 21 point which yeah. even I know as a Wednesday fan I've got a, a vested interest but 21 points does sound too much it to sounds me. it sounds a bit severe I I would imagine and th- uh, this is not from any I've not spoken to anybody about this I'm not saying this as a this is what I've heard a guess I would imagine it'd probably be less than that yeah I'd hope so but probably a bit more than 10 and a bit less than 20 so probably 15 or something like yeah. that which would then not Wednesday out of contention probably for the top six but give them the opportunity to not necessarily be suddenly bottom yeah. of the league and yeah. struggling so if you could give a mark out of 10 we'll, we'll do the same for United if you could mm. give a mark out of 10 for Wednesday on their current season what what would it be because wow, we were going to cover this. You know, yes, with United, it's very easy to give a score out of ten. But with Wednesday, you kind of well, they've lost, they've blown a late, you know, conceded a lot of late goals, haven't they? So they yeah. could be. Uh, I mean, they were third at one point third, when they were leading third Stoke. On Christmas Day. <laughs> when, they, when they were leading Andrew against Stoke, Stoke, you yeah. know, they were, you were thinking here they go, they're going to be third, they're closing the gap on Leeds. Mm. Well, I think we're drawing on Boxing. Yeah, I think um, I can't remember what Leeds did, but I think they dropped points, and Wednesday could have closed the gap, and then in a split second, two late goals, they've. They've lost, yeah. and all of a sudden you're thinking, uh, it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to get in into the top two conversation. Yeah. So, uh, difficult season, you know, some good performances, some, you know, there's, there's, I, th- I think the squad needs freshening up. Mm, definitely. I think they in one of the things that Wednesday should have done and haven't done is move some players on, try and make some money on them, get some fresh blood in, and you need a churn. I think you do need a, a regular churn, unless you're just flying up the leagues like United. You need to sort of move people around and, and do things. So, um, I mean, what, a seven? Is yeah. that fair? Because I think it is. I would have gone for seven as well. <laughs> so if we we flip that, you said United is very easy to, to give a score no, to. Yeah. What's, what's your overview of this well, it's season? Got to be so a ten, I mean, like, look, <laughs> look where they are. I mean, yes, it has got to be a ten, Rob. Correct answer. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if they win tonight, there were four points off the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, like, this, yeah, again, I remember going to watch Sheffield United what three years ago or yeah. four years ago play Fleetwood in the what, what was it known the the Johnston, Johnston paint, paint vans trophy, whatever it was leasing.com checker True. trade mess yes you know like going <laughs> the Mickey there Mouse Cup. and they drew nil nil and lost on penalties yep. it was like a gale for a hurricane and Nigel Atkins came out afterwards and said well you know it was a decent performance or something yeah, like that and, you know, and you're thinking yeah. and, and you, you, you sort of 
you think of that, and then you think, well, they were playing at Spurs' new stadium a few weeks ago, yeah, and yeah. they've, you know, absolutely. T- I mean, I, I turned the game off because uh, I want to, you know, I'm a big NFL fan. I want to watch that. So I, t- I think Sheffield United were like three 0 up or something against Man United when I was watching it, mm. and, and I was thinking this could be like six. This could, they could, this could be anything tonight. And then it, obviously Man U came back later in the game, but to be able to destroy Man United, even though it ended in a draw in that fashion, to go from where they were when Wilder took over to there now, we now could, it's not even a ten; it's an eleven out of ten. That's what it should be. And the, you mentioned Nigel Hodgkins there. I've mentioned it on this show before, but I will never, ever, ever forget his interview one time with, with Johnny Buchan when he, he asked him, you oh, know, Jonathan, yeah. what's the what's the biggest room yeah. in your house? And Jonathan, well, I, I don't know, the living room? We went, no, the room for improvement. Room for improvement. I've got that saved what? on my computer at home. I've got like, my favourite clips, and that is one of them. It's classic. <laughs> I just, from, from that... To eighth in the Premier League, who it's in four this. years? Four years. Four, you've had to go up two leagues in four years, mm. and we've had a manager who's gone. Oh no, the biggest room in your house is the room for improvement, and now you've got Chris Wilder training with the lads on Stanley Park ahead of Liverpool yeah. and a dog but weird without, on a cone. But without wanting to repeat it, I mean it, they've not done it with Tony Pulis style football either. No, you know, exactly. like, no. And West Brom, you know, you look at some of these teams that have gone up. You know, your Palaces, your West Broms, um, Burnley. They haven't played the football that United have played. And and that, again, it, to, to do it in the right way is even it makes it even better. Mm. I think the one thing we have to finish on is obviously now, um, obviously you, you left Radio Sheffield a few years ago mm. now. That was, yeah. was 18 months ago. 18 yeah. months, mm. wow. Uh, spent a bit of time over at Radio Humberside, but uh, you've now got a big gig, look north and doing all the uh, the football summaries every, every week. It's, it must be a massive feeling that, you're at Look North now. Oh, when I was growing up, I, you know, if you'd have said, um, you know, when I started at Hospital Radio when I was 16, if you'd have said you could do, you know, 10 years of Radio Sheffield and then eventually end up at Look North, I'd say, <laughs> was yes. Was it 10 years? Yeah, it was, it was, well, I started, when I started, I started off as the Rotherham reporter in 2008. Wow. And then I left Radio Sheffield in, uh, yeah, 2018. Mm-hmm. So it was 10 years and I was there full time for seven or eight years. Um, and, you know, to go and do Look North now is oh, loving. I'm obviously loving it. It's great. Um, you know, I feel very lucky to have done what I've done because I grew up in South Yorkshire wanting to to do this. Mm. Um, you know, I love working around here. So mm. I, you know, the the fact that I get to do it now for Look North, having done it for Radio Sheffield, yeah, it's a massive blessing. I get to come in every now and again and annoy Andy Giddings, which is <laughs> always nice. Uh, you know, he's a good mate, so I like good to see him and and the lads. So uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Fantastic stuff. Um, we are going to chat to you, obviously, throughout the show as well. Your uh, your insider knowledge, which is probably more than the three of us combined. But uh, <laughs> for now, a huge thank you to Rob Staten.